Hey friends, this is the Kamut. Summer edition. Summer edition. It's a bit cooler today, Adam. We went for a swim, right? I did. It's my Wednesday pre-recording ritual in the Karen pool. But it's humid as fuck, dude, so it's yeah, cooler, it's, but... It has cooled down, but it's still hot by any other place's measure. Yeah, and you know what? There's no good way to segue this. I was going to say something about heat but I'm not going to. We have a heavy episode today, I think, at least start. I mean, look, we couldn't we couldn't not talk about this one. No, this is, I mean, it's, it's around the news and I think every, all of our listeners have probably already heard a lot about it. So I think we're just going to delve into a few of the other questions around what's going on in Afghanistan right now. And if you have heard enough and you don't want to hear any more because people who are better at journalism than we are. No one's better at journalism <laughs> than we are. Fast forward to the end. We're going to talk about something much smaller, mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquito. <laughs> Not quite the same on the same page, but mosquitoes and a little bit about health uh, and the health tech industry. Yeah. Okay. So should I uh, educate you? Yeah, Rubes, talk to me. I, I know I've I've read up some things, but yeah, not as much as you. I'm assuming. So on Sunday morning, the Taliban, who twenty years ago were in charge of Afghanistan, and then in tw- twenty years ago, the US, obviously, uh, as part of post 9-11 war efforts went into Afghanistan to quote unquote liberate Afghanistan from the Taliban. Or as Borat would put it, their war of terror. Correct. And so 20 years ago, Taliban was in charge of Afghanistan. And 20 years later, they have regained control of Afghanistan. So who is the Taliban and how are they different to Al-Qaeda? So Al-Qaeda is a, for whomever you talk, but for the purpose of the fact that we're in New York City, a terrorist organization that the Taliban supported, or rather implicitly supported. The reason why back in 2001, the US went into Afghanistan, uh, at least what was written, was that the Taliban were essentially providing safe harbor to Al-Qaeda. And bin Laden, right? And bin Laden, yes. Bin Laden's a Saudi, I think. Yes, but he was, was in. He was essentially leader of the Al Qaeda. Right he's now. dead. He's yeah. dead as a dodo. Yeah. So that was in 2001. Fast forward 21 or 20 years later, and the U.S. or Joe Biden specifically made a pledge when he was running for president, and he carried out that pledge, which was to withdraw troops entirely from Afghanistan. So I thought Trump made an agreement with Taliban last year that they would leave in may of this year yes but then trump's deal was uh that the taliban wouldn't come in and and take over kabul and the rest of the cities did biden agree that they would no no biden was gonna uh biden never made the agreement with the taliban with the taliban and just said we're still gonna remove our troops correct that's that's kind of a uh it's not a trump i mean trump was part of the team that also said to move him out or withdraw troops, but it's something that's been around for a while, and a lot of people have been talking about it for years to take troops back out of Afghanistan, actually, ever since they killed bin Laden. Mm. And the reason is, the there's a few reasons, actually, we'll get to in a minute, but just to kind of step back and talk about what's happened in the last few days. So the U.S. pulled troops out of Afghanistan, as expected. Now, in the 20 years that the U.S. has been there, the view wasn't for them to always be a policing force. The view was to go in stabilize the region or quote-unquote stabilize the region or destabilize depending on who you talk to and but then train put it put in the afghanistani government and train afghan uh civilians or uh, the afghan military to become a self uh, sufficient army to defend and that would, would that would keep out the taliban that was that was the plan they spent close to 80 odd billion 
on training the army, essentially. So the president at the time, or the president that the US sort of instilled, or the president that was instilled, his name is Ashraf Ghani. He's actually MIA right now. I heard he left the country. He left the country, but no one knows where he quite went. The view, initial thoughts was that he was going to Tajikistan, and then uh, it's turned out that actually that's not the case, and he's probably somewhere in the United Arab Emirates, but no one knows. The issue was the US said, we're withdrawing, but don't worry, your army's there, and they'll keep out the Taliban. Unofficially, what's been, and you know, if you, if you read sort of some of the defense reports that came out and have come out, the, the U.S. always assumed that the Taliban would retake Afghanistan, probably over the course of years, not in two weeks, though. And the reason they said that was the assessment of the, of the Afghan military was poor. Right. That's, there's no other way to put it. It was that they weren't capable of, even after $82 billion spent, they weren't capable of keeping out the Taliban army, the Taliban army was, or the Taliban forces were far more well-equipped and just, just more motivated, essentially. Right. So it sounds like supposedly US intelligence expected the Taliban to retake control of Kabul and Afghanistan, but not this quickly. The view was a few years, not two weeks. Now, what's happened over the last month or so as the US has been pulling troops out gradually, the Taliban, which were in sort of far-reaching pockets of Afghanistan, have started taking and encroaching and encroaching and taking more and more land and, and, and controlling more and more of the country. And Kabul was sort of the last domino to fall. And on Sunday, what happened was the Taliban on Sunday morning seized an eastern city near Kabul called uh, Jalalabad. And that sort of, once you take that, uh, they also took control over the Torkham border, which is a very, it's a crossing between, it's a major trade route between Afghanistan and Pakistan. So once they took that, it was really just a matter of, they just took over a US airbase that is no longer a US airbase and so on and so forth until they essentially just walked straight into Kabul. Right. So they didn't even wait until the US troops were completely out of Afghanistan. As they left regions in Afghanistan, they slowly took them yeah, over. Yeah. Right. Now, the the view is you if as the US troops left regions, the trained army was supposed to kind of keep the peace. And as if you read quite a few reports, there wasn't even a, a sort of a skirmish between the army and the Taliban. The army just said, "Yeah, come on in." And so there's they a view, laid their guns down basically yeah so there's a view from some people that said common consensus is that from a lot of people is you know the US shouldn't have left however when you actually look at what the end game was it's pretty apparent that the trained Afghan army was never going to stop the Taliban so there's a view of well you know are they just sort of saying okay just come on back in and it's not a big deal now i think that's a that's a simple way of looking at it but there was definitely a um, a failure in terms of 20 years of trying to train an army and not having an army that can actually do the job. One piece definitely it sounds like the Afghani army, which was trained by the US military, was insufficient, let's say. So that's one big issue, it seems like. What about the US's plan where... Like right now, obviously things are still developing day by day, but it seems like Kabul has fallen, but they're still trying to evacuate U.S. Yeah. citizens and so, Afghanis from the airport. So President Biden on Monday said that he actually redeployed about a thousand troops 
into Afghanistan, which currently brings their total number to 6,000. Now, that's purely to bring back people. And so they've, they've added actually a few more troops now to accelerate that and bring back both U.S. citizens that are there as well as diplomats. Now, there is a question mark around Afghani citizens that worked alongside the U.S. as to whether they're going to have that same rite of passage. Um, it's a little bit of a gray area. There are some that are and there are some that aren't. Now, the crazy thing was actually the, so when, and everyone would have seen a lot of the pictures of the airport, of people running to the airport, trying to get on planes to get out both, and predominantly the pictures you saw were mainly um, Afghani citizens. I would say if you come across a video, don't watch it. Because I saw a video the other day of a US Army transport it it had taken off in the air. I've seen this video as well. And you could see a couple of, yeah, people falling off of the plane. It's, who are it's, ho- it's oh um, definitely not uh, something you want to see. I actually, I actually told my Megs, my wife, I'm like, don't watch this because you won't like what you're it's seeing. See it into my brain. It's horrific. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's awful. Uh, what's happening then? Obviously, it's it's very similar to what happened in Vietnam when you know the US left there. A lot of people. There are a lot of people who don't want to be. A lot of Afghanis that don't want to be there under Taliban rule. Now, back 20 years ago when the Taliban were ruling, just for those who may not be totally aware, a big part of why a lot of Afghan citizens don't want the Taliban there is that the Taliban are very fundamentalist practitioners of, I guess, what they interpret as their version of the Islamic faith. And as a result, they have some very, very sort of archaic laws and rules around, like, for example, women aren't allowed to go to school. And so... A lot of people don't and want to be under that. Under that, workers and covering them up. Exactly. Yeah. They're, it's, no, I'm assuming it's, they're not allowed to like work and it stuff like can't that. Can't work. Can't go to school. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not great. And I guess just to. F- but I'm seeing bits and pieces where, and I don't necessarily believe this, but the Taliban government are saying things like, "No, it's all cool. So, We're more moderate." So this is where. Okay. So the question is now: What now? So the U.S. isn't going back in. So for those people who are sort of waiting, saying, oh, the U.S. will go back in and fix it, they're not. But Biden came out and said on Tuesday, he's like, I'm, he further reiterated that he stands behind his decision, which actually is coming under criticism from both sides of the aisle. However, here's a couple of reasons why they're not going to go back in. For the one, for one thing, U.S. votes, are people in, in the U.S., the general public, 70% of them are against the U.S. being in Afghanistan. They want troops to be withdrawn. Yes, you're seeing stuff on TV now, and yes, there's a very emotional and evocative response. However, it's politically doesn't make sense for him because the American people just don't want it. Part of him being elected in was him saying, I'm going to pull people out of Afghanistan. The other reason is, the, perp, the, the real question is, why? Why is the U.S. there? They went to Afghanistan under the pretense of stopping terrorism, and killing Osama bin Laden. Once they killed Osama bin Laden, what's the point of them being there anymore? So to go back to, I think to quote the defense secretary, he's like, you, you would have to come up with another reason to be in Afghanistan, not just for the sake of being there. And I think the US, at least now with a lot of things going on, is not in the business. I mean, I don't want to say they aren't because they definitely are in the business of being in other countries. But at least as, as Afghanistan is concerned, they're no longer in the business of being in Afghanistan. So, so the Taliban, for, for whatever it's worth, have come out and said, and it's interesting because I don't know whether it's because of the way the internet works and the Taliban uses the internet and those channels a lot and they want to almost a PR 
thing for them, but they've come out and said, look, we're not going to go that you know extreme and blah, 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 and we'll be fine. We'll have an orderly um, country and whatnot. But they aren't, they're also, I think as of yesterday, uh, women aren't able to go to school anymore. So it's not like, I think it's not going to be a great state of affairs for Afghanistan. Where it goes to from here really depends on, I think, the global community and what they choose to do. However, there are other parts of the world which are also under fairly strict rules that we wouldn't consider to be correct. But no one goes into those countries because that's just the way the country runs. So it all depends on what happens next. Thanks, Rubes. Let's leave it there. There's a lot of good reporting happening right now by every major and reputable news outlet. So if you want to learn yeah. more, there's a I, lot I would there. suggest there's actually a really good breakdown in the New York Times. And they kind of, and it's like a six part breakdown in, and it goes from start to finish all the way from 20 years ago to now. So we'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can click on it if you want to read some more. Yeah, do some clicking. Click. Speaking of the New York Times, I read a totally different article yesterday. It's about mosquitoes. Oh, yeah? Why do we care about mosquitoes? So basically, using CRISPR, which is a gene editing tool that people may or may not have heard of, scientists have taken a step toward creating a mosquito, creating a mosquito that is blind to human hosts. So not creating a mosquito from scratch, like basically getting a mosquito and making it blind to humans, meaning- By changing its genome? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So basically, if it's blind to human hosts, then it's not going to sting you, right? It's not going to bite you. To take one step back, what is CRISPR? Very high level. It's, a G- it's gene editing. You'll effectively cut out strands of DNA. So where people may have heard about this is because there's a bit of ethical and moral controversy right now around- CRISPR gene editing in humans. So I think you could actually edit your genes in an embryo or in a fetus or whatever. Yeah, and you like, can change, like, you can now, can you change is this the same as like, stuff? yeah, I could change my yeah. eye color. Yeah. But also there's a lot more practical applications that you can help eradicate disease using CRISPR. I think there was one scientist, I think in China, who actually made someone immune to getting HIV AIDS. Oh, wow. A big, that was very controversial from a moral standpoint because he did it to like a human child or something. I don't know. I forget all the details there, but basically CRISPR is around. CRISPR is something that surely people have heard about or, or will in the future. It's going to have a lot of potential applications for r- ridding humans of disease. But anyway, so for the first time ever, they've used CRISPR to edit the genome of a mosquito specifically, and I'm probably going to butcher how this is pronounced. The... 80s Egypti mosquito. Ah, so, that mosquito. That one, yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> the old Egypti mosquito. Yeah. Also, I didn't know there were different types of mosquitoes. There's different types. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the, the two different types that I learned about, right? So the Aedes Egypti, the females, they search for blood when they need to lay their eggs, right? And they infect tens of millions of people each year with flaviviruses that lead to dengue fever, yellow fever, and Zika. As a side note, there's a different type of mosquito called the Anopheles mosquito, which is the one that spreads malaria. Some of the other differences is that the Anopheles mosquito, again, probably not pronouncing it right, they hunt at nighttime, whereas the Aedes aegypti hunts under the sun at dawn or dusk. So anyway, this species of mosquito, it's obviously quite common. I'm sure I got bitten by one today. They depend on sensors to find blood, right? Obviously. So they will sense you exhaling, so carbon dioxide. Sometimes they'll 
they'll, they'll pull cues from your skin that are that are organic, um, such as heat, uh, your your poor breath, <laughs> your poor body odor. I actually didn't know. That's really I've I've actually never thought about how a mosquito actually knows to come near you. Yeah. So this is sort of what was interesting, right? So back in the 1930s. Scientists found that mos- these mosquitoes are specifically attracted to people wearing dark clothing. Oh, I'm screwed then. <laughs> so wear light-colored clothing. But but until recently, they didn't really know the mechanism by which mosquitoes actually sense their targets, right? They knew they were attracted to dark spots, but also not sure about all the other stuff. So basically, they'd figured out these mosquitoes have five light-sensing proteins, in their eyes. And they did a bunch of different experiments using CRISPR to essentially remove each of these proteins one by one. And they figured out when they removed two particular of the five at the same time, it essentially made them basically unable to seek out human human hosts. So basically when they knocked out both of these proteins, and this is a quote from, from the New York Times article, the mosquitoes whizzed around aimlessly, showing no preference between the white circle and the black circle. So that's the context of showing light and dark color is that they didn't seek out the dark spots that they normally would. Uh, so they lost their ability to seek dark colored hosts. That's crazy. You know, the weird thing though is, I mean, I'm this is cool, but the mosquito thing doesn't do much for me because I don't get bitten by mosquitoes. My wife would love this segment. She would love it. Because Cause here's the thing, and, and here's the so what, right? So what, we're gene editing, so what, they're not going to bite us. It can, inf- it's gonna, it can potentially inform like future strategies on how to control mosquito populations, right? So if a female mosquito is unable to see you, you're, ho- you're the host, they're going to have a hard time finding blood required for their eggs, which means the population would crash. Imagine that. Well, is there like this weird, isn't there going to be some weird, I'm sure there is, almost butterfly effect of get rid of the or mosquito effect, if you will, <laughs> of getting rid of mosquitoes. I'm sure someone's going to tell me that getting rid of the mosquitoes means that we're going to have 50 foot high tidal waves. That's the first thing I thought of was like, what, what else is this going to do? Like famously for Americans who don't really know this, in Queensland, in Australia, they introduced cane toads to eradicate, I can't even remember what, some kind of insect because these insects were destroying crops for farmers in Queensland. And then the cane toads became their own problem because they bred and they basically overran the state. So same thing. They didn't talk about that at all, the knock-on effects, but that's the thing that worries me. What excites me is how cool if mosquitoes just fuck off. Yeah. But what's worrying is like, what what, what are they killing that's worse than that? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I'll put the link into the article on that. There's a lot more detail on it, a really well-written article. It is, it is crazy though on New the York CRISPR Times. thing, which is it's going to, become a possibility where people will start to be able to make bigger changes in humans other than just an eye color thing right like where does it end up because arguably you could say i just want all humans to look like this i just want tall people i've been watching a lot of world war ii documentaries recently so learning a lot about what was going on in germany and i tell you what i don't want anyone to be able to control that wasn't great yeah no they went down the wrong path there a lot of wrong paths. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Tell me one more thing. I know we hinted about one other piece about health tech. Yeah, there is a group in Europe who are doing some work in um, growing a small tissue of brain. So basically, they... they Wait, what? small tissue of brain? Yeah, so in a lab, they were like, let's grow a brain. And so it's a tiny, tiny, like it's like a 20 cent coin sized brain tissue right and the idea was that it's it's kind of well it's quote unquote living but it, it's growing 
here's the crazy thing. That tissue by itself has grown to what look like eyes. What? Yeah. Uh, now, they don't look like our eyes, but they're just two black spots. And scientists have confirmed that those eyes are able to receive light and the brain or the brain tissue knows when it's receiving light and not. How crazy is that? Wow. So they, they grew this tissue, this brain tissue, and it just organically grew eyes to help it sense what's around it. Yeah. Wow. Freaky. It's freaky. It's weirdly freaky. Like, it's cool, but it's also a little bit like, uh, I don't know if I'm... I don't know if me finding this cool is a good thing. <sighs> I have this cartoon image on my he- in my head of this brain with these two giant cartoon eyeballs just like poking out of it being like, what's it's, up? It's a little bit one of those, it's kind of one of those things that we probably shouldn't be doing this. I could foresee some problems here. Yeah, I love it. All right, Rubes, what's your summer loving for the week? For the week, so Saturday, for those of you in New York City and can still get tickets because I think they are still there, NYC Homecoming concert in central park is on Ooh, summer central park concert yeah so yes. there's quite a few concerts in central park this weekend and i think the weekend after is a big one which is the nyc homecoming one bruce springsteen's playing in that there's a few other people in playing that that i'm missing but it's it's quite a good lineup it's for free it's in it's in central park it's definitely gonna, i think it's you know in the central park concert series so definitely get out there actually while i'm speaking about central park and talking about new york city tavern on the green if you've not been there on a Saturday, go. Why? Because Tavern on the Green on Saturday nights has a, f- a three or four piece band, brass band, plays jazz, and you can dance with your significant other or just by yourself. You're reminding me of Bill Hader's character Stefan on Weekend Update. <laughs> New York's hottest new club is Tavern on the Green. It's got everything. I'm not going to say. <laughs> Rubes, mate. Thanks for, thanks for coming over. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. See you, bud.